I promise we're not using our family for branding purposes. It is purely coincidental that Cats the movie comes out the same month we decide to adopt Cats. It feels a little... uh, We can't, because then... for comfort? It feels clickbaity, and we're not clickbaity. We... (laughs) Clickbait means that we would actually get the views. Clickbait means that we saw that this musical was coming and said, well, we have to have cats, otherwise we're not authorities on the musical anymore. (laughs) Well, we have to have cats in our house, because then we'd actually be able to go and watch this musical about cats that has nothing to do with cats. We can't talk about cats unless you can hear in the background right now the sound of two cats tearing up a piece of cardboard. Uh, New uh, ancient proverb, what is the sound of one cat in the box? (laughs) The loudest sound in the world when you're trying to sleep at three in the morning. Oh, God. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> you're not going to stop them, Aaron. I, you can try. Bless you, you can try, but they are already on the table, and this is our lives now. <laughs> we decided to adopt kittens, and this is the thanks we get. Yeah. Yeah, we absolutely did. So you'll hear us... Uh, roll in and out as I roll to the kitchen to sp- 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 them down off the counter. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's our lives now, and this is Elizabeth. <laughs> and this is Aaron, and, and we're, we're married, married to the idea. idea. You can find us on Facebook at Married to the Idea. You can email us at Married to the Idea Reviews at gmail.com. We're on Patreon.com slash Married to the Idea if you want to support us and get exclusive content. Our episodes are on SoundCloud and on iTunes, and we release every other week, which means that this is our first episode of 2020. Come on, it's 2020. You got to throw some of that Patreon money. Yeah. Hindsight is 2020, and you don't want to be looking back at this year wondering, why didn't I give money to those nice kids and their cats? Yeah, you got to support... You know, you don't want the Sarah McLaughlin song to play uh, at you in the middle of the night. I will remember you. That is absolutely not the song at all, and you know it. Uh, it's In the is... Arms of the Angel is what oh. that song is. Well, either of those songs will I'm come now, to your heartstrings. I'm now imagining an ASPCA ad that is, I will remember you. Which would be better than the Cats musical. Uh, oh, we adopted two new cats, Sherlock and Mycroft. They are all black brothers, and we love them to pieces, and they already love us. And yes, we didn't know we were going to be getting two, let alone two kittens. But c'est la vie, what are you going to do? We tried to get a dog. Honestly, we did. But we are cat people through and through, which, again, means we are uniquely qualified to speak on Cats the Musical, the movie, the abomination abomination colon you will want to tear your eyes and ears out we've gotta we've gotta go back aaron we can't just everyone has said don't understand marty we gotta go back we can't just say all the things that everyone's saying i was actually walking out of the theater uniquely curious very few adaptations make me question whether the original had any validity quite like this one did well, reading some of the IMDb reviews, um, and by God, there are a lot of people out there who are pissed off at this musical. There are a lot of people who love the original musical. Some people who paid 
hundreds of dollars to watch the musical on Broadway it is multiple the times. fourth longest running musical of all time it's clearly wow. popular okay so that's that's what we're gonna do I'm, it's, it, I'm not asking you specifically <laughs> I am throwing it out to the the, the universe void, the cosmos the cosmos of our dear listener and asking just how all right let's go back way way back before Les Mis, the movie, the musical, before 9-11, before the Clintons. We're going all the way back to the 1980s. Reaganomics. Reaganomics. And we're going to talk about why in the world anyone cares about cats. First of all, a little background about cats. It was based on a collection of children's stories about cats that T.S. Eliot wrote. Yes, that T.S. Eliot. And which T.S. Eliot? <laughs> the T.S. Eliot for which the the prize is named after, like the literary, like par- prize for poetry, T.S. Eliot. Thank you. Yeah, book of poetry about different kinds of cats. It is the smallest little cat, unlike our cats, which like to run up and <laughs> and fart on the keyboard. Did he? I wasn't gonna say anything. Did Mycroft just do that? I, yeah, someone. One of them did. I didn't get a chance to see their collar. Oh, God. <laughs> the funny thing about having two identical black cats is that you don't always know who does what, um, but they're really excited that we're recording. We've never recorded with them before, so they just don't understand why we're not sitting on the sofa or in bed or making dinner. They couldn't be more interested, and they ran up and jumped on the keyboard. It didn't stop recording, though, so... All I know is we haven't stopped recording. Done. We're still going, so... So, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes, that Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> I'm scoot back so they don't yeah, try, that, try that stuff again. <laughs> that full nonsense. Oh, I'm going to scoot with you. I'm yeah. gonna, ooh, I'm going to scoot right over here. Intimacy. Yeah, well, all these cats wanted to fuck, so I don't know what oh to think God. anymore. How many times did I lean over to you and whisper, cat orgy? So, just always, always cat orgying. Um. So Andrew Lloyd Webber, fan of the opera, Jesus Christ Superstar, Evita, looks at this book and says, I'm going to put these songs to music. Cute idea and concept. Maybe it might be fun for like an album, but he's like, no, I want to turn this into a musical. And thus, Cats is born. And it is the birth, not of falling things, but of the... Broadway mega musical, the blockbuster musical. This has not been a thing before. Usually plays have been, um, oh, maybe there's like a a review from the reviewer who liked it at the bottom of the poster and maybe a picture of the ensemble cast or maybe just the title. And like, oh, I know this one. I recognize this one. This is the first time that it becomes iconic. The cat eyes. Yeah, cat eyes everywhere the pull quote now and forever got trademarked this this thing became a marketing monolith now and forever's fame no that's it's the one well you so will, the article believe is the one from this one because that was what was on the poster it could be that too i i did so much research on the way home guys like i needed to know so much more about this the best quote i found so far this is how they divide history bc before cats and ad andrew dominant as an andrew lloyd weber dominates the music that's from mark stein on the history of musical theater and it literally is like this line in the sand where cats comes out and suddenly musicals are different now musicals are an event it's not just 
a play anymore with music. Now it's, you must see this. It's a spectacle. It's something so much more than just a play. And everything starts getting marketed that way. The fan of the opera, the mask, becomes the iconic thing that gets plastered everywhere. Well, here's the thing, hon. If we didn't have that, you wouldn't have your favorite movie, Beauty and the Beast. Because Beauty and the Beast... No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that the Beauty and the Beast, the Disney animated version, came out in the era of trying to... in uh, Sorry, capitalize, not incorporate. Capitalize on those kind of musicals. Uh, the, the Phantom of the Operas. Now... You will know you will know this one hundred percent way more before I would. Um, does did the Broadway play come out before the uh, Disney movie? Because the there what Disney movie? Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think I was talking about. So I think your timeline is slightly off. Cats came out in the very early 1980s. Beauty and the Beast had come out to the 1990s. And Disney animation was not musical and failing during the 80s completely. I, I understand. I'm saying because of Cats, because of Phantom of the Opera, those these big grand musicals. Now that's interesting, Aaron. I would not equate in any respect the rise of musical theater with the rise of animated musicals. I, I'm not going to equate them. I'm going to say... They try to capitalize on that a little bit. I think it was a return to form, honestly, because they were doing the animated fairy tale musical Disney Princess forever ago. But left none, it. None of the other, none of the other Disney musicals were actual musicals. Snow White, Cinderella had music in them or had people singing, but they weren't musicals in the sense that they were songs about what was happening in the movie or songs about what was happening at that time. I I think they all are. I mean, the the point of a music number in a movie or in a play is to give you some insight into what the characters are feeling. And every right. song from Snow White, Cinderella, Pinocchio, none of them had that kind of music. It wasn't until um, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, those the the Disney Renaissance or is the Disney animation renaissance. The structure of musical theater is as old as musical theater, so the idea of an animated movie playing off the structure of a musical I don't think correlates to the blockbusterness of the pl play productions. Animated movies are a gamble in a different way than musical theater entirely. I, I'm, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. What I'm saying is, is the how Beauty and the Beast was structured, how Air, or, uh, Little Mermaid was structured, how Aladdin was structured. How musicals are often structured. Was based on Broadway musicals. Even Alan... Um, Agreed. Alan Merkin uh, said... Mankin. Mankin, dang it. Uh, Alan Mankin said in the making of Beauty and the Beast, uh, the second song should always be... The I Want song. The I Want song from your main character. Oh, without a question, yeah. A Disney animated movie that has music in it is structured in, in an identical way to a musical theater production, without question, because it's a tried-and-true method. You introduce your characters, you set up your main character, you do their I Want song, you have ensemble casts. But I would say Cats 
in no way influences that because oh i'm not saying oh sorry cats maybe, has maybe no plot it has oh, no I'm not saying cats. main character cats, cats is an enigma of musical theater i never knew this until tonight if there was an offshoot that the rise of the blockbuster mega musical in a decade later would assist with the rise of the disney renaissance perhaps but i think the two are too far away to correlate i do think that cats changed musical theater forever and ever amen so it definitely has staying power and what all I'm trying to say is, is that there might you could possibly like draw a line, maybe six degree, six degrees of separation to it, um, that that maybe like the quote unquote blockbuster musical, Broadway smash musicals influenced how they were going to structure um, the Disney Renaissance when it, with the Little Mermaid and you know getting these big boss block excuse me blockbuster. You know, telling a good story, trying to tell a good story, and having good music at mm-hmm. the same time. Now, I, I'm, I'm, one hundred percent hypothesizing here. I have no evidence to back me up. I'm literally connecting two dots without anything in between. One hundred percent. Well, I so, don't know how to connect the dots either on this one. I, I, again, I and I. This is something that I figured you would know before me. Uh, the broad, there is a Broadway version of Beauty and the Beast. Which came out after the animated movie. See, that's what I was asking. The the rise of the mega musical on Broadway didn't influence how the Disney Renaissance came to be. But what it did do is after Disney made these movies and said, there is a way, there must be a way to repackage this property for a new kind of audience. And that was when they looked at Broadway and said, we can repackage our really good movies in a way that people enjoy. Like Beauty and the Beast on Broadway, like Aladdin on Broadway. We can do this. It, they tried several times with different things. They tried to do directed DVD sequels that failed and didn't keep brand integrity. They tried to do Broadway musicals. Those did really well. They were a good repackaging and they maintained brand integrity. So you definitely couldn't have done a musical theater interpretation of Beauty and the Beast without there being cats in the first place. But anyways, moving on to this atrocity, <laughs> moving away from something that's really good and moving to something that's really bad this movie sucks you're making me work so hard on this so i just want to talk about why cats was good in the first place <laughs> i do now i'm i'm not gonna sit here and disagree with anyone that would come out and say oh my god cats the original broadway play was good i will not disagree with you i never saw it myself me I've either not seen any off what off Broadway, any traveling production, knew nothing I have about never it. Seen cats. I know nothing so about it. Understand, this is coming from two people who have never seen cats in any capacity. I've seen many uh, people talk about cats. I've seen many uh, parodies and spoofs of cats. My favorite being the one from uh, Hey Arnold, where they the musical was Rats. I have never seen cats. This was fucking terrible and it i do not see how the original could have been good because this music was god awful it was terribly written it was not well sung with a very very minor exceptions oh in the cgi (laughs) okay so why we had to do some research why cats was even a thing in the first place so 
the idea was if we could get some people who liked cats to tell us why they liked cats, maybe we could figure out why it's failing so hard right now. So most of the people that I looked at who reviewed the original cats, who would pay money to see cats again on stage, said that the reason that they liked it so much was because it was an experience, that it was a tour de force, that it was literally um, both escapism and a thoughts on the human condition using cats i know it's it's so weird and odd they they say the biggest thing is that it was mostly impressive to see for two hours just these finely ripped people put on lycra cat suits and commit to the bit and have fireworks and dance numbers and choreography and songs that they just worked that it was just such a spectacle that it was impressive to see and that anyone could understand it whether you spoke English or not whether you were an adult or a child this was the first one that had more worldwide marketability which is why I was curious Aaron how it was doing overseas but it's bombing over there too in fact it's doing better domestically than it is overseas yeah so maybe twice, you could show the twice, musical twice as better yeah, there's actually a lot of talk about the choreography from the original Cats. Like, there were actual late, great choreographing people making the dances. Half the story of Cats is told through their dancing interactions, which does not happen in the movie oh, God. at all. They edit because and cut it so terribly. The original Broadway production, I can see that because that's part of why seeing some of these things live and in person make these things work a christmas carol is a good story overall and when it's done right it's a beautiful story when it's done wrong it's still fun it still can be a heartwarming tale liz and i got to watch it um in a local production and the set design was amazing I don't know if I, I can't remember if it was a professional set designer or a student or a combination of the two uh, uh, sides, but it was so well done. They did a lot of things with time and a clock, and it, again, it was well done. It was well thought out. The and, Cats actually kind of helps the musical theater industry in that way because previously location was just location. Now the set designer becomes the setter of atmosphere, of mood. It doesn't have to all be realistic. You can take liberties, like the Christmas Carol production we saw, this giant clock, this weaving of people back and forth on these descending staircases into different parts of his life. It's not realistic, but it is like an, an atmosphere, a mood. It's purposeful and it adds an extra layer that did not exist before cats exactly and some of the better set designs or some of the better ways of theater can incorporate that stuff into it is when the audience loses the realism that you are a person sitting in a theater watching people pretend for two to three hours if you're a theater nerd like going to the theater is such like, uh, like hands Aaron, raised Aaron hands Aaron in the air we there is such a heightened emotionality when you go to the theater the fact that they're exactly. literally I there in front of you the screaming their emotions you feel it so much in a way that cinema has to use a completely different visual medium to express to you you can't do it the same way you can do it in real life exactly so with cats being an experience 
wearing these suits for two out two plus hours the crazy um, makeup and, and the choreography doing it live is a huge difference than this cgi schlock fest like mr mistopheles does literal magic on stage and then literally flies through the air because he's hooked to wires like it's it's a thing it's literally happening in front of you like whoa how crazy is that this movie just feels fake on every level like the fact that they coat them all in the CGI for honestly, guys, like it wasn't even I, that. That is probably my one piece of uh, praise on the CGI. I don't, I've not seen a production still yet. Um, but if they were wearing cat suits, then I take this back. If they are wearing just plain lycra suits where it's just skin, yeah, that's skin, what they said, yeah. Um, and there's no actual fur Correct. on it, then that's where I, that's my one piece of praise. The fur that is on their bodies itself looks good. I wanted to pet Mr. Misopheles so bad. <laughs> there, there, are, there are moments when that fur looks real. That is really cool. And then, but that that's that's like... A, a but then their faces are oh, like pasted oh, onto the bodies in such a weird this, way. This poor main actress, there are times when her head looks separate from her body. And it looks terrible. And some of the sets that they use, I don't know if they're using CGI or they're using real life sets. It, it doesn't work. Well, they can't. They can't maintain how big these cats are. It's, Just oh. pick a size and stick In, with it. Inconsistent is this movie's sub. Is, is you the, can't put a human's ring on a cat's paw. That's not how cat paws. No cat paw was ever small enough to stick a human ring on it, guys. What? Why are? Oh, that was the worst fucking part. That was the most cringy part, well, except they, for the very end. They keep cringing it up. I hate when they keep casting overweight actors and having their overweightness be the humor. Like, it's so stupid and juvenile. I'm not saying Rebel Wilson isn't funny, because I believe I've laughed at her, but everyone thinks she's funnier than she is or she they put her in unfunny roles and you could tell they gave her like some lines to say to make her like oh they're like stop milking it just like, like puns stop. i am 100 600% certain that there are no puns in the original cats no, 500% it's all James yeah. and Rebel Wilson they're like oh we've got these two funny or possibly funny actors i'm going to say the same thing for James no no i know James Corden is funny because when he was in Doctor Who in like, I looked forward whenever I saw him. I'm like, oh, he, that's, it's that guy. I'm so happy. And then he got more exposure. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I liked him in Doctor Who. And then he got overexposed. And yeah. it's like, There's... now everyone's like, these two actors are really, really funny. But they're not putting them in situations to allow them to be what they should be. Agreed. They're, they're just like one quips and one-liners that aren't, they're kind of funny. And it, oh, God, they're terrible. Oh, and Ray Winstone. Ray Winstone, you should have learned from Beowulf. Ray Winstone, shame. I don't, none You're of these. You're a good actor, shame. I don't think any, every one of these actors, this star-studded cast is like turning away from this movie. Like, uh, one, hasn't seen it. Two, has heard no good things about it. Three, what, what cat's movie? I was never in a cat's movie. What are you talking about? Oh, God, they're playing dumb. <laughs> what cat's movie? Hmm. I, there's something... There's something lost in translation in a way that I think even a filmed... They did. They did film one of the productions of Cats and release it as a movie. They've done that with Les Mis before. They've done it with the Opera before. They filmed oh. a production. Yeah. 
so this is number four, but I don't even think that. I don't think even a literal filming of the Cats musical would be an interesting watch. I think the only reason Cats works is when you're in the theater watching it happen right in front of you. I think at least... If it's going to happen... It, like, it's still much better than this because you're still watching a live production versus this where there's so many edits and cuts and... Whereas with that one, there might be, you know, from camera to camera, or like, even if they have five or six cameras, it's doubtful that it's going to be one camera on the actor's face. And honestly, some of those shots where it's a close-up, those were some of the better shots. Well, Tom Hooper learned from Les Mis not to just fisheye his actors, just barrel down the gun. Well, the only one, the, the only time it worked was when it was in Anne Hathaway. He was like, well, shit, let me do that again 600 times. <laughs> yeah, it was, this movie, the story has no plot. And oh my God. And that's, in the, that's true in the musical too. So it's not even like a failure of, trying to get the story they actually take one of the background cats victoria who is this uh white ballerina cat who doesn't have any songs she just dances really well and the and her performance for the for old deuteronomy is a dance performance and that's why you cast a ballerina to play her because it's so important for the strength of choreography that they have in the original stage production but in the movie everyone dances she does sing they edit it all to shit so you really didn't have to have a dancer play her except a dancer plays her in the original so you got to keep it that way and then she becomes a point of view character you follow her story she's abandoned now you go with her to learn more about the cats what was the story so that so they made a new song so there's a brand new song uh ghosts and they threw that in to give this character an arc as it were she's like i was never wanted and all i've wanted is to be wanted but she doesn't have an arc. She doesn't have... Oh, agreed. I mean, it's... Like, there is, there is no up, down, and around. The person who has an arc is... There's no arc still. But the person who has an arc is Jennifer Hudson's character. And even still, I wouldn't call it an arc. It's more... She kind of gets a little bit of redemption? And it's more so, hey, look, we have Jennifer Hudson, and she sings a song. Aren't we like Dreamgirls? There is a change I do want to discuss with you. So, Old Deuteronomy in the play production is a man. Yeah, I read a review that talked about that and how they didn't like the Dame Judy Jens. Dame <laughs> Judy Dench is that. Not because she did a bad... Well, she did, they, she, she did not do a great job, uh, but it's not her fault because they had to change the singing style to someone, to a female part, to a female who can't really sing and doesn't really have a voice. Yeah, Old Deuteronomy is usually a baritone. But on one hand, it's like, oh good, we have more female characters in this mostly male cast, I guess. But the bigger problem is that the whole point of this, of the Jennifer Hudson cat, of this aging cat, it's usually supposed to be, it's supposed to be played like the idea that once women reach a certain age, the world has no use for them and they drift away to the edge of society. They were once glamorous people and then they get cast aside when they have no for either use of them. So by casting Judy Dent, she was six billion times older than Jennifer Hudson as Old Normie, who was praised and loved and respected. It kind of actually makes it seem like she fell in with 
McCavity and became like a That's, hoe and he's her pimp and there's and she's well, like slut shaming her for some reason. It's yeah, they like they, odd. Like, what it seemed like to me, what I got, and I, I have no idea if this is correct or not, but what it seemed like to me is that he she did fall in with McCavity and then he like wounded her because she has some sort of scar, but it's so fucking subtle that it's hard to see and she has like a bit of a limp. But again, it's so fucking subtle, it's hard to see. And then you barely see her. So it, it there, there's so many times where they like, oh, well, this is kind of a thing. Oh, no, wait, it's not really a thing. But it's kind of a thing, but it's not really a thing. Like, uh, Mr. Uh, Mistopheles, oh, he's a magician, but don't really worry about it. But he's a magician, but don't really worry about it. Oh, well, here's a whole song about him being a magician. Okay, I guess this is a thing again. It's... The inconsistency is the name of the game for this fucking musical. Yeah, the thing doesn't so, have to have a follow-through, right? It doesn't have to follow a plot in the original. It literally is just, like, introduced a bunch of characters. The whole point is to introduce characters. And I get it. If you're going to wrap the whole thing up in fur and spandex and amazing dancing for two hours, I, I kind of understand. I had to imagine it because I've never seen it. But I don't get it when it's here in the real world and you're not even focusing on the dancing, which was, like, the whole big thing of the Broadway play in the first place. You, you cast a dancer, which I had asked you this right after we watched, and I want to have your official answer here now. Um, the, is this is she actually a good dancer, or do they sh- give her a chance to actually show off her dancing skills? Um, she's definitely a ballerina. She definitely knows what she's doing. Okay. Um, they don't ever give her any chance to do that for any length of time because in my very 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 inexperienced eyes i saw her do some very basic stuff in her dance number it was a couple twirls or a couple spins and then um a a couple very basic leaps i'm like i'm not saying i could do the exact same they just didn't give her much to play with yeah why like i the 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 lead character not Deuteronomy, um, not Judy Dench, but the male lead. Okay, so you have yeah, no, the yeah, the gray cat, which somehow which is never has a name. It, I think it's McTavish or something, and I read that in a review. That's not okay. like me remembering that yeah. from the show. They're, they're terrible at introducing characters unless they have an actual song introducing them. Oh my god, everybody and their fucking mother has a song introducing them. Except for the characters that need to have a song or that introduce them. I don't fucking know. Anyways, the um the gray cat yes. has more opportunities to show off his dancing prowess and his skills. Mm-hmm. Cause there's at one point where they're like dancing together and I'm like Okay, that seemed more complicated. That seemed to have more skill. There's one part in the very beginning where he's telling her how cats have another name that no one else knows they have to find. And it sticks with them for a prolonged, like, dance portion. Like, okay, I'm liking this. I'm getting it. It's weird and trippy as balls, but I understand it at least. But then it just jumps into another song and jumps into another song and jumps into another song. And I never really feel like we follow our character that much, which is fair because we don't follow her in the original production either. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, this movie. It's, it's just not very good, guys. Like, And, and that was something else I had said uh, right after our... <sighs> Right after our viewing, which was, you know, just a little bit ago, I had 
looked at these and I go, 90% of these songs, at minimum 90%, are songs introducing this character to introduce this character and to talk about this character and to show how great this character is, even though they want a different life, but look how great their life is and look how great they can do things, but also they want a different life. They want to do something different, but also how great is their life. Or high mental art song. The lyrics make no sense and they're just singing to sing. It's like Buddy the Elf singing uh, at, uh, uh, at Higby's. Like, I'm singing. And I don't know I what you want, but. I'm singing. But I love you. I love you. <laughs> in the and it's like, Considering that the original material was literally a book of poetry introducing different cats, I mean, I think that's adapted well, but I don't think that's what T.S. Eliot had in mind in 1938 when he wrote a book of poetry about different kinds of cats. I. So my question is, is not 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 the question, just my question for this particular moment. Why? why? Now, Maybe in the second un- half we'll figure out why. Yeah, I, I can understand how it's a spectacle, and I can understand how people might. And you, dear listener, might un- might be a huge fan of cats, and you know what? There's absolutely no problem with that. I remember one time I was made fun of because I thought Ferris Bueller was my favorite play. That is no longer this, the, the case. Um, but I was made fun of, and I didn't like that feeling. So I, I am standing here and now... And saying, I am not making fun of you if Cats is your favorite musical. I do not understand it. I do not think the songs, if the songs are the same, I don't know if the musical direction is the same, uh, if it was from the musical uh, Broadway version to this movie version, but my God, was it terrible. And it actually reminded me of a different movie musical that we'll talk about in the second half. But it is time to enter into the Sponsor Dome. Two sponsors enter. One sponsor leaves. Yes, we have returning again, Audible. They are offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash to the idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash to the idea to get started today. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And we always try to have something that is relatable to what we're talking about. And, oh, what's this? We actually can, you can listen to Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats by T.S. Eliot. <laughs> the very same book that was adapted into the play and the little blurb about it is a delight uh, excuse me a delightful new recording of t.s Eliot's beloved cat poems cats some are sane some are mad and some are good and some are bad why are there two hands meet magical mr mistopheles sleepy old deuteronomy and curious rum tum tugger Oh, we haven't talked about Jason Derulo yet <laughs> but you'll be lucky to meet McCavity because McCavity's not there Okay. That's the song. That's that's what it says. <laughs> and yet somehow he's the villain. 
1925, T.S. Eliot became co-director of Faber and Faber, who remain his publishers to this day. So you can read Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats by T.S. Eliot, narrated by Miranda Richardson. It's only 47 minutes, and it might be 47 minutes you went back, but I promise you it's probably better than the hour and a half you'll spend watching this movie. Elizabeth, why don't you give us our sponsor, Challenger? Well, our challenger today is the Humane Society of the Tennessee Valley. And once again, we're not trying to be clickbaity. We literally thought that since we adopted cats, we should talk about how you can help adopt cats. We went to our Humane Society here in town to look at some cats and dogs that might need a home. And for me, I think there's something really wonderful about taking in a cat that someone else couldn't. It's not like every cat that is in a humane society or in a shelter was abandoned cruelly on the side of the road. The cats that we adopted, actually, uh, Sherlock and Mycroft, were part of a litter. And the rest of the litter got adopted, and they were left behind. And the woman who uh, had to surrender them visited every week for the months that they were still there waiting to be adopted. And we got to meet them when we went to pick them up. And they were so great, and the volunteers at the society were so great. Um, There actually is a lot you can do for your Humane Society in your area. If you're not willing or able to adopt an animal, they actually do offer a lot of volunteer opportunities. Not just going and working at the shelter, but you can often take dogs for the day or the night. You can, like, uh, if you want to, like, go on a big hike, bring the dog with you and rent them out for the day to give them their exercise. Or you want to have a sleepover with a dog, maybe you just want to, like, test it out, see if a dog is your kind of person, then you can have a sleepover with a dog. Uh, You can be a dog walker. You can be a cat player. You can literally just go and sit inside the room with the cats and make sure they're being stimulated and touched and loved. When uh, Pokemon Go was still very, very big, uh, there was a lot of humane societies that were asking people, it was like, hey, if you're going to be going around and walking to get your steps in, they're asking people to stop by and rent the dog, as long as, you know, you got through the processes that they have to go through, um, and, you know, give them a little bit of exercise, so, uh, I remember that was real big, so, you know, even if you're just like, man, it's a really nice day, we should go do something, that's a great way to do something. Go and rent out the dogs. <laughs> and there's um, there's there's some apps that you can like get in contact because one humane society may not be able to do that because they don't have the resources, but another one might be able to. Yeah, there's a lot of great ways that you connect with them. Um, the one that we recommend because we live near it is the Humane Society of the Tennessee Valley. But we recommend uh, any humane society to go and see how you could be helpful to them and helpful to the animals that are there. Yeah, if you're from Tennessee, uh, specifically East Tennessee, Knoxville area, um, Humane Society of Tennessee Valley, they have a few locations. Uh, I believe I actually got my childhood dog from one of them uh, because they were, they're, they're a great one. Uh, Young Williams is another good one as well. Um, highly recommend either one of them, but we specifically got our uh, new uh, family members from Humane Society, which their website is humanesocietytennessee.org. So, but uh, thanks to them for quote unquote sponsoring 
because um, they were super helpful when we got our boys. Oh, yeah, they were really helpful a lot. And there's all sorts of cool things you can do with pets now when you adopt them. There's all sorts of apps that you can, like, talk to vets about, hey, my cat isn't drinking water. Hey, my cat's poops are just the pits. Can you help me out with this? In a way that you can also do, like, with those doctor apps where you can talk to a doctor on demand. And instead of trying to go to hospital, just say, hey, I have this thing. Can you tell me what this might be? But we still haven't really gotten to why cats is a thing why of all properties no um, so what i'm saying is we now know why the original cats was a thing but we don't know why in the world that this was the adaptation after the fairly mixed reception of tom hooper's lame is that they went back to him and said okay now this time do cats first off lame is was not good enough for anyone to look at this director and say you deserve another shot. And with a very hard property to do cats, I'm not saying anyone can come out here and do cats correctly their first or second time out. Takia Watiti. And that's about all I can think of right now. He's not a musical director. No, I, I don't agree. I don't think he is either, but I, I can't think of anyone else who'd be willing to like buy into the bizarreness like straight up. I kind of wondered, you know, it was just like suits for the actors. I kind of wish they had done full makeup and fur and hair to get into character. I just feel like everyone thought that, oh, this will be fun. I mean, it'll look cooler in post. I don't have to try too hard right now. So strange. Jason Derulo just wants to fuck everybody for some reason. (laughs) Uh, I I can't honestly say who my least favorite character was, but Jason Derulo's character was pretty probably in my bottom three i thought he was fine honestly as rum tum tugger i thought it was a it's a it's a flippant character so i don't think it it matters quite so much it wasn't because of jason derulo maybe because of jason derulo but i'm not gonna put the blame solely on him i just hate that fucking character that character was terrible (laughs) in all sorts of ways that character was a cat though like of all, so so each of the cats has like some sort of cat personality. The first cat is a house cat, but the way that she helps is that she organizes all of the vermin of the house into shapes so they don't upset the people of the home. So there's that. Um, then we have uh, our other fat cat who just likes to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. And then we have Tom Tucker, who pretty much is every cat I know is like, I love sleeping in a drawer, but I'll make such a fuss when I want to come out. Uh, you open the door for me, and I won't actually go out, but then I'll beg for you to open the door for me. He's every cat I've ever known to be like, do this thing for me. You do the thing. Well, I don't know anymore. Okay, but everything that you just talked about for Rum Tum Tugger is set in the song. Oh, agreed, the yeah. visuals for this song are god-awful. It needed... So they took the maybe director... Even, maybe even for the other two, because... Oh, God, the Fat Cat song. Oh, uh, God, with all the garbage. Oh, God. Why? Fucking why? Just, ugh, ick, 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 all the way. Yeah, I think the only one I really enjoyed was, um, I did enjoy Taylor Swift's song, and I did enjoy the twins talking about uh, you, Wrecking you for the House. You the song? Yeah, I, she can sing, so it was it was fun. Her accent was atrocious. She didn't have an accent. She did a Marilyn Monroe, a, a fashion. No. She did a, a she cat. She tried... No, she tried a Cockney accent. I didn't really notice that then, I guess. Oh, God. It was awful. It, Hello there. I'm trying an accent, whatnot, and tum, tum, tum. It, 
it was really interesting because again in the again I and also Taylor I, Swift is not an actress. No, I don't really care in the original. Like we're we're, we're comparing the only reason we're comparing this to the original play. The only reason I am is because I want to understand why people liked the first one and not okay. this one. I, at some point, we're gonna have to stop comparing it to the original because at some point it's gone off those rails because yeah, this but, is yeah. a spectacle of schlock. I'm suggesting that it wasn't yeah that this spectacle is spectacle in all the wrong ways i don't think there is a way to turn this into a movie that works i don't think there's any way we were sitting there watching it and i was i was watching it another song number just ended i'm like you know i bet this would be a pretty good stage production <laughs> this movie is begging to be a play not a movie it's not meant to be a movie there is no villain in the original so they have to make a villain now and so- so Idris Elba's character wasn't originally who was who was disturbingly nude when he took his coat off like please don't do that ever again like he's very attractive please don't do that to him uh he he got the Kindle treatment though yeah probably all got the Kindle treatment oh in a fucking family production of sorts they talk about fucking castration yeah again that was an add-on for later that was not part of the average Again, it doesn't... Okay, you're right. You're right. I'm going to stop trying to do it that way. I will say that it's a weird villain choice to make because it sounds... It it weakens him by having him show up in the beginning. It would have been more mysterious if you didn't know why these other cats are disappearing and they keep calling for him. Yeah. Maybe you only hear his voice. Mm -hmm. Like, it... it, You know, in all honesty, I kind of want to... I'm turning around and I'm looking to see... What else this man has directed? Because I don't think this man has directed a good movie. Let's and, go through. And I'm... Uh, There's got to be something in here that makes people keep coming back for him. Okay, what we got? He, he directed The Danish Girl. He, the King's Speech. Okay. I mean, both of those movies are highly regarded. He did the John Adams TV series. Which is highly regarded. So, okay. So... He's he, really good at historical dramas for some how reason. About this? Hey, Tom Hooper, could you not direct movie musicals? You're not good at them. You're better at other shit. Try try an action movie. Try something else. Try not a movie musical. Because you're not good at it. You, 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 you swung once, and you tipped the ball... But it didn't really go that well. And this one, oh God, this is not good, my dude. So Tom Hooper, uh, bless him, he he was not done with this movie. Like, he was working for the last 36 hours straight editing this film to put it together before the release date, which is why the one that we saw is the uh, first version, the original version he sent out, where you can still see Judy Dench's hands and wedding rings and some of the CGI hasn't fully loaded on the bodies and the backgrounds or the feet. Uh, we... That's not going to fix every problem. No, That's agreed. Fix some of the problems, but this... unless he re-edits the entire film... I'm talking start to finish. This film is fraught with issues beyond the CGI. I think those people focused, most reviews that we read focused on the terrifying CGI and the spectacle. For me, honestly, at a certain point in it, besides them all wanting to fuck, I kind of just forgot that they were cats. And I was just trying to be like, okay, you peeled away my suspension of disbelief. Tell me a story now. I'll, I'll play along. They're cats. What do you want to do with that? 
there just wasn't a a good story here because it's not meant to be a movie. Movies need structures. They need villains and a protagonist to follow along with. Even a, even a even a good Broadway musical or a Broadway show or even a good stage show needs some sort of structure. And again, I I, I might be ragging a little too hard on Cats, the 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 stage show, but it's it's hard to imagine that this was in any way shape or form that well structured to begin with or that if it was that pulling out just one or two things has completely it, it was a house of cards almost or it was a jenga jenga tower it's like you pull out one or two of the blocks and then the whole thing crumbles i have to imagine that the original had to be seen i have to imagine the only reason it worked was because you saw it happening in front of you and it was real and it was dancing and singing and lycra suits i have to imagine that has to have something to it because looking at the bones of the thing this this is pretty much the same as the play and i don't get it at all like not even a little bit guys i love musicals and i love fantasy and i love anthropomorphization it's it's I enjoy that sort of thing. I don't understand this movie at all. It seems to be playing on a nostalgia that I don't have access to. It is playing directly on a person who has seen cats and likes cats. <laughs> this movie wasn't made for us. It wasn't made but, for but me. But it wasn't made for the people it was made for. It has to have been because otherwise who is it made for? It's not made for the casual audience goer. It's made for the billions of people who watched and loved Cats and would see it again. But even they aren't going to see it. Because, so who is it made for? So it, it, it's it's a shot. You already shot yourself in the foot. And then you're trying to re- uh, reconcile that by shooting yourself in your other foot. It's you're you you've got. There's no win to the situation. It didn't spectacle enough. If you're CGIing the entire fur on a person, you then can't do any practical effects. Even the dancing felt fake because they had to CGI over oh everything they did. Every time like they would leap or they like it was more than a leap. It was so goddamn fake. Because I can't tell. I, I don't know who they hired. If they hired actors, besides like the big name actors, obviously, do they hire dancers or do they hire actors for these background characters? And, and I, I know I've said this more than once on this podcast. Uh, one of my directors in high school always said that that's the that's one of the hardest things about directing a musical. Period. You either have to find an actor who can sing or a singer who can act, and neither of those are easy. And you find plenty of people that are like that in Hollywood. And most of the time, you have like, oh, I'm an actor and singer and dancer and tap dancer and an acrobat and this and that because they're trying to get hired. But when you get to a certain point and you're just trying to hire the name, Judy Dench is not a singer. No. Ian, Ian McKellen, I don't believe he's a singer. I, I, I love, love the man. I love his acting ability. He is he is, one of his best acting that I've ever seen was in a small time music video, and he per- turned out on an amazing performance because that's the kind of actor he is. Yeah, I, I get like honestly, his was probably the only one that I had any sort of 
emotional reaction to just this this old theater cat talking about how he used to trod the boards and make the people because weep it was, it like was Ian yeah, they, i mean yeah it was because it was ian mckellen the theater cat it was ian mckellen yeah with a little bit of fur oh god those it got really meta actually his songs going he talks about how you know production today they're all this and that but they're nothing beats this simple stories that i had when i was a kid these new actors they don't train the way i did i'm like this is ian mckellen talking to me yeah, right this now is ian, this is ian mckellen both turning in a hell of a performance and not turning in a hell of a performance. This He's just him, being himself. Him going, oh my god, I thought I couldn't do worse than The Hobbit. And yet here I am. And yet here I am. So, there, and Judy, Judy Dench could have saved her performance if she didn't have to sing. And I'm I'm not getting down on her because she's not a singer. Aaron, should we talk? A, should we talk about the end song, Aaron? We'll we'll get to that. Could. We will we will get to that Ooh. because the music in this, I I like musicals. I sing musicals in my car. I love when a music from a musical is good. It sticks with you. It sticks to your bones. It's it it becomes a part of you. I know people who have entire playlists dedicated to just fucking musicals. And the music from this is either so overly ethereal and mental, not, not like it's, like, oh, it's crazy. It's like, it's supposed to be high art, but it's not good high art. And, or it's, hi, I'm a character, and I'm here's my spec story, and here's why I'm awesome, and blah, 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 but I want to have a different life. Like, why? The the railroad cat, honestly, possibly the best visuals from the whole thing because it was fun. It made use of the CGI. It was overly CGI, but it made use of the CGI at least. They all wear tap why shoes. Why does he want to be, have a different life? He he's a good railway cat. And he enjoys his job. And why the fuck does he not want to have that anymore? Like then, that was what I was hoping for. I I liked that part where it was these cats, these different kinds of cats who do different kinds of jobs. Like railway cats is a thing, and then maybe we meet like a farm cat whose job is to keep the hay safe from all the mice, and maybe we meet a, a cat who's literally there for fashion shoots, which would be like the Taylor Swift cat. Why? why? And, well, so the idea is that the that, what I'm getting from reading people who like actually like cats. In the musical not the animal i love cats that the archetypes in the show are similar to human archetypes the idea of this woman past her prime whose society is cast out uh the idea of a, a working cat the idea of a house cat who still does stuff inside her home and people think oh she's just a pretty you know plump thing no she just has a job here they all have a purpose and, and a supposedly that character rebel wilson's character is supposed to be a tap dancer and they cut that because Rebel Wilson isn't a tap dancer. That's what I'm saying. Hey, like, here's your thing. Don't cast Rebel Wilson as if it. If she can't tap. Yeah, I, it's, the po- it's supposed to be the dancing. The whole show, the reviews that I looked at talk about so much how the relationships with these cats are formed through the dance numbers. But you don't get that in a movie, especially not one edited like Tom Hooper edited this. The, the music in this, uh, I'm going to go back to this because I have to make this point. It reminds me a lot of Across the Universe. Across the Universe is a move is a musical that was written 
after the music was written. A jukebox musical. A jukebox musical. Exactly. Uh, but it's a jukebox musical pulling from only one artist. Not many musicals have ever done this. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia being one of the few others to do it. Mamma Mia, the story is shit. The movie was not great. <laughs> the only reason I like it is because I like ABBA's music and the these versions are okay. Um, but I also really, really like... Not Sebastian Stan. Um, the guy who plays Preacher. Dominic Cooper. I really like Dominic Cooper. <laughs> Uh, and his version of uh, "Don't uh, Lay All Your Love on Me" Lay All Your Love on Me is still one of my favorite parts of that movie. Um, it's Aaron. Interest. It's interesting you bring up the Jukebox musical. Cats kind of brings the Jukebox musical like to the front. It, it didn't exist before then. Like it wasn't a big thing. But this, but the reason I bring in Across the Universe, it uses the Beatles music, which is very ethereal, high art for the sake of being high art because they use a lot of Yellow Submarine and the White Album and and all that stuff when in my personal opinion (gasps) some of this music is not good oh my god he said it no he didn't I'm sorry I like the Beatles I think the Beatles is a very influential music group and they have some really really great music but some of the stuff like uh, the I Am The Walrus and some of the basically in my opinion, where uh, Across the Universe breaks down is when they bring in some of this other music. Now, I'm not a huge Beatles fan, so I don't know where all of the albums uh, from this the, these songs come from. But it just it sometimes these songs would just pop up, and it'd be like, okay. I don't really know where this song really fits in here, but okay, it's kind of catchy. It's kind of okay. The song's done. Okay, back to Vietnam War. Okay, okay. Oh, it's a, a another kind of pop song. Okay, that's cool. Okay, okay, back to the Vietnam War. Why is Bono here? <laughs> okay, Bono's gone. Bono was a dick. Bono's always a dick. Bono's really a dick. By the way, um, PSA: Bono's a dick. He does a lot of good for people, but Bono's a dick. Uh, oh, Eddie Izzard's here in weird makeup. Okay, bye, Eddie Izzard. Hey, it was just, it was one of those things. It's like, I like the story from Across the Universe, and some of the music and the inclusion of the music is really good. Um, Jim Sturgis, the main uh, actor and character from that, he could really sing, and it was well done. But some of it got really high art and really, like, ethereal. Most of so that one part of across the universe with like I am the walrus and the Bono and the Eddie Izzard part or the um oh god the really uh, I um think blah 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 for Mr Wizard or whatever um there's a part where they like go on an acid trip basically that's this entire fucking thing. And apparently the original Broadway production is an opera. There's not supposed to be any actual dialogue. It's supposed to be all sung. So the fact that this had any dialogue is showing that Tom Hooper doesn't understand its source material. So... So, uh, Aaron, uh, an earlier point you brought up, yes... The success of Cats directly led to the idea that musicals could be family-friendly, which led to the Jukebox musical and to Disney play productions. Directly led to that. 
However... Oh, so I was right. Uh, to the plays, yeah. The, the reason Cats succeeded, which meant that there were more audience-friendly plays that could be done, which meant Disney could have plays on Broadway, which meant that jukebox musicals could be plays on Broadway. Right. Um, but because of the success of Cats, uh, they turned another literary property into a musical. I would like to give you three guesses as to what beloved thing from our childhood they turned into a musical based on the success of Cats. So remember, Cats was based on a collection of children's poems. What other literary work do you think they took and turned into a musical? Um, if you're giving me those clues, um, were the sidewalk-ins? I like that idea. Uh, but no, I will give you another clue. Pete Townsend largely produced, oh, performed, no, and composed I it. I know what you're talking about because I remember hearing something about Pete Townsend producing or funding some sort of Broadway musical, but I can't put my finger on because I remember you were talking about this in the car. Yep. But I, I know I've heard of Pete Townsend funding or backing some sort of Broadway musical. Yep. Take another guess. Take another guess. Matilda? I like that idea even more. Uh, but no. I will give you uh, one more guess that this uh, became a movie by Warner Brothers, which took a very different turn off the original source material, but it's one of the things that we love most in our life. Anastasia? The Iron Giant. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? So the original Iron Giant was a story by Ted Hughes. Pete Townsend... Not Hogarth? No, Pete Townsend took this, or the Iron Man, takes this, turns it into a musical that was released in 1989. I will say it only has one star, so I'm guessing it did not do very well. And there are characters like Hogarth, but there's also characters uh, like the Space Dragon and the Badger. <laughs> and I realize that I never read the original source material now because, boy, there's a lot more stuff in this than I thought there so was. So what you're saying is Brad Bird did a better job with the source material. What I'm saying is that on the strength of this stage version alone, Warner Brothers optioned the story for a movie. Because of Cats, the Iron Giant exists. Because of Pete Townsend, the Iron Giant exists. Because of rock and roll music, the Iron Giant exists. It all goes back to cats. Cats on cats I, on cats. I just... So, here's my question for you, Elizabeth. I think and, I and broke I you. My, I ha yeah, you did. Um, and then I have my, my marriage advice to help close this down. Go for it. Been, this movie is terrible. It's just, my God, this movie is It terrible. wasn't even like everyone was saying it's a spectacle... It's I, a spectacle of shit. I don't think it's funny enough. Like, we, we were trying to make humor out oh, of it. Oh, we could have. I was being respectful of the people behind the us. The six people behind us? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, because there was a mother with two children in there, I'm pretty sure they walked out at one point. We were we were sitting in there, and, and we already know the thing is bombing, and okay. I'm, I'm joking half and half with Aaron in the line. Like, you know, I mean, we could go see this, or we could go see Little Women. You know, it's right there. And starting at the same time, Aaron, could we just go see that instead? Please, 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 please. <laughs> but it well, wasn't I even... I think we can summarize how terrible this movie is in the final song. Yeah. So this entire thing has been about 
actually I don't know what this entire thing's been about. It's just been about cats trying to go to heaven. And at the very All cats don't go to heaven. Yeah, so Jennifer Hudson gets in a hot air balloon. Uh McCavity is stranded on top of us of a of a statue forever. They're all watching her fade off in the distance. And then Judy Dench turns to camera, stares directly at us sitting in the theater and says, so here's how you should treat your cats at home. Because that's what this musical is about. And it's not like a quick little 30 second minute. It's like the next three to five minutes. As only she stares at us, barrels down the camera and says, just so you know, audience, cats are not dogs. And we hope you've learned that as you sat through this movie. Called Cats. Starring Cats. Featuring Cats. Cats. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we knew that, Judy. I'm pretty sure we knew that. But yes, when you enter your home, bow respectfully to your cat. Offer them some tender vittles. Do not show them familiarity. A cat despises familiarity. Are you fucking kidding me? And it keeps going and going. And going, and now it's full it, it, daylight. It, it cuts. It cuts back from her face saying this, and then the chorus will repeat the line, and then it cuts back to her face, and then she says more, and then it cut, and then it cuts back to the chorus, and, and it's, we'll do something, and then like, fucking end already. And it's daylight at this point, and much like Batman, you never want to see the cats in daylight. Cats don't belong in daylight. Get them into cover of darkness fast, and. And then turns to our main character, but and you are a jellicle. And then the movie cuts to black as Jennifer Hudson goes out in a blaze of glory in the sunlight. And we're like, but no, Tom, there there must be more, Tom. You've you've held us blackmailed but, hostages but, but for the Tom, past hour and a half. You surely must have more for us, Tom. But Tom, what about yeah, a fourth rendition of memories? <laughs> Come on, Tom! <laughs> the audience. They're asking for more! There's an encore in the audience, Tom! So, my question to you, Elizabeth, is this. People are saying that this could easily become the next Rocky Horror Picture Show because Rocky Horror, when it first came out, was intended to be a more serious musical. But because it bombed, and because people picked it up as a cult classic, and kind of, they they appreciate it for what it is, but then at the same time look at it as a fun enjoyable kind of romp they don't really kind of they show it respect but they show it respect as in oh we can have fun with it you know a toast to the newlywed couple and they throw toast at the screen you know um or you know something with water guns and newspapers and stuff like that people are saying this easily could become the next rocky horror picture show my question to you, I have my answer, but my question is, do you agree? You have not seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. No. Another musical that I could easily just listen to the music. A musical that was turned into a movie. Yeah, see, I forgot about that. I forgot that the the music, that it was a stage show before it was a uh, I mean, Little Shop of Horrors, I mean, most of our musicals, movies, were based on musical plays. Right. So... Do you think, and, and I'm talking cult classic, midnight showings, audience participation kind of, at, and it doesn't have to have audience participation, but in that kind of aspect, do you think this could become the next Rocky Horror Picture Show? Because I wouldn't ask this if more than one person didn't hadn't already suggested it. No, because Cats didn't bomb when it first came out. 
Oh, the, it's bombing. The it's play, bombing. the play, oh. the play cats did not bomb. Fourth longest running, highest grossing play of all time. It did not bomb. It hit exactly the right time in the consciousness of the world to make an impact and to change musicals forever as we know it. It is impossible to turn that into a cult classic. Because of that, I think that no matter how bad this movie was going to be, I do not think that this interpretation of it can achieve cult status in the same way. Nothing is as memorable Nothing is as quotable. Nothing is as parodable. Like, it's it smoothed out all the edges and made it inoffensive to the point that even the CGI isn't distracting. It's, if the original isn't cult, the remake can't be cult. And that's how I stand on this one. I, I'm in agreement with you. I don't think it can be a cult classic, or in the same way that Rocky Horror is. It's not going to be those uh, that midnight screening. It's not the same level as The Room. It's not the same level as Surfer Teen Confronts Fear. It's not agonizingly terrible. Like, it's I terrible. could see Spider-Man Into the Dark becoming a cult classic if someone ever, for the life of me, started putting up productions of this in their hometown. Like, that would be the... The audience participation would just be intense. Like, maybe if you made a play about that play... Like, the hubris of that. Like, uh, like the disaster artist. Yeah, like, maybe if you did that, that would be something interesting. But you can't do it with Cats, because Cats succeeded immediately. I And the reason I disagree is because the part of the reason people enjoy Rocky Horror, even as a cult classic, even as something with audience participation, even with the shadow casts and everything that people do nowadays with Rocky Horror, it's because there's an inherent enjoy, enjoyability of this particular version this particular version of cats is not enjoyable and i disagree with 141 people who gave it 10 out of 10 stars on imdb what are you smoking and where can i get some there is no way in hell this movie deserves that perfect score none no, 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 no. No. Even if you liked it. Bad. Bad reviewer. Bad. So, I, I am in agreement with you. This is not going to become the next Rocky Horror. That was part of the reason why I wanted to watch it, because um, I had a friend suggest, just in general, not to me specifically, but in general, to go and watch it and watch it with people who you can make fun of it with because it is that bad. And it is that bad. I, I'm hoping that Rift Tracks or Cinematic Titanic or whatever does do a riff of this. Because I want to see what jokes they make for it. Because it's it's one of those ones that it could easily have those kind of jokes. It's more impressive in the things that it tried to do and failed at. Like, it's more impressive for the scope of it than the actual thing of it. It's more impressive for them spending $100 million to put digital fur on all the actors. It's 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 more of the hubris of the production than the actual thing itself. And the thing is, is they weren't... I know you're saying hubris in a different way. They weren't humble about this. They put Taylor Swift front and center for this entire thing. She was on screen less than five minutes. Yeah, I think they looked at 
as with most cash grabs, I think I looked at the original thing, and instead of coming to understand why it is that the thing did well, they just boil it down to its inherent parts. They didn't realize that the reason Cats did so well is because it was literal dancers right in your face doing all this for two hours, doing intense choreography and singing and start and intense stage production and architecture and mood lighting. And instead said, no, I mean, the thing is popular, so just make the thing again. As with all shameless cash grabs, oh, Harry Potter was important uh, and relevant. You think it was because of the story and the characters? No, nah, it's because people like magic schools. Oh, Hunger Games did really well. Do you think that was because of the uh, relatability of our main protagonist and this, dis- you know, this, this idea of a future that you can fix? No, it must just be dystopian young adult. Just make more of those. I think they continuously look at what was popular, forget to see why, and then just make the thing. That's been happening since day one of Hollywood. I mean, you can look back of westerns, you can look back of sci-fi, you can look back in any point of kind of genres that have grown, and you can look at what grew and what other people try to do. The reason we can see the trends rise and fall nowadays is because of how public and how easy it is to access information. You know, back in the 1940s, it was a lot more difficult because the, the things that weren't popular, they weren't popular, so they were left to the annals of time. So with this being so overly publicized, and God, was it but ugly when I first saw it. And you, you kind of... You, you soften with time, and I don't know if... They it, got rid it, of some of the uncanny movements. I could tell. There were scenes that they were in the trailer in the movie. They got rid of some of the, like, real herka stuff, and you could tell that they were still editing it furiously and CGIing it oh furiously God. when that there trailer was, came out. There was one point when it switched between Jennifer Hudson and uh, for Jessica Hayward, and the main actress wasn't in focus. The background was. And, oh, oh, why the fuck... Was it in Steadicam? Why? Fucking why? I don't know why it took me this long to, to, to talk about this, but why? Why was it in Steadicam? What would you have preferred? Anything else! I don't... I, and people... I they know, do handheld for a bit of it. Oh, it's more than 75%. Basically, anytime there's movement, it's Steadicam. I'm... Oh my god, and I'm one of those ones, I don't care an action movie it makes you feel like you're part of the action for fucking cats it's not a good choice lame is it was probably a better choice because the nitty-gritty of it like it kind of went along and there's some action scenes and stuff like that but you've got to choose pick and choose i think nostalgia critic even talked about like when you're in the action and like you're right there with them it made sense but just fucking looking at a cat no god you know you talk about will this be the next part of your picture show i actually think this might be the next hello dolly so hello dolly was a musical that came out uh, a movie musical musical that they made for a movie they released the movie it was a huge production cost lots of money and it bombed terribly and it killed for a very long time, the movie musical. 
after Hello Dolly, movie, movie, movie musicals were poison. You couldn't make them anymore. For, for a couple decades, at the very least, you didn't see anything until we got our little boom with uh, Les Mis and Fan of the Opera. And we've been in that for this whole time. I kind of feel like Cats is going to be the Hello Dolly that kills movie musicals for another set of time. Which is going to suck because there were... This yeah. pushed back Wicked. Yeah. And... And and you said it yourself. You're like, well, Wicked is the not is the, it's Frozen. You can't do Wicked if Frozen came out. Frozen or the Wizard of Oz Frozen. I'm like, yeah, it's the better version of Frozen. But I digress. Um, <laughs> oh, I love Wicked. I would have loved to see Wicked turned into because I think you could have a lot of fun with it. Again, though, most of the power of Wicked is literally seeing her rise off the stage for Defying Gravity. And if you CGI that, I think it loses all of the power i i would agree with you on that however you have to do that better an animated wicked and see there's another point this was supposed to be animated i kind of am very interested in seeing what a bunch of animated cats would do like they're supposed to be humans dressed as cats because you're you're supposed to relate to the humanity of the situations they're going through it can't be just cats so if you animate them would you animate humans in cat suits or would you animate cats are you doing furries or are you doing animals right, do you, yeah there's there's a point is like is it like watership down or is it you know zootopia zootopia so that's a very good question hunter i don't know what would be the right answer so um i do have our marriage advice or my marriage <laughs> advice that i weaned from this movie Somehow, some way, and I think this should be our final thoughts because we've been going on for way too long as is. So, Let's do it. My marriage advice that I pulled from this movie, oh my god. I don't know how I did, but I did. If you can believe in your significant other as much as Victoria believed in Mr. Mistopheles when he tried to uh, magic the leader, James, Dame Judy Dench back into their area then your partner will uh, be stronger for it that's really sweet hun that is probably the best thing to come out of that movie i think for me the marriage advice in this one is that uh being who you are who you truly are w- will hmm, how do i say this correctly because i don't want to say it in a way that's not good i know i know i me do good words um if you are true to yourself others will see that and love you for that mr mistopheles is the classic nice guy he tips his hat and he does magic like the best friend the exactly the ducky the oh god i'm so afraid of that and do you think for a minute like oh he's gonna be like you know mean to her because she doesn't return his affection she's interested in this other cat the gray cat who's telling her all about the jellicle cats i never got a romantic interest i got it more as kind of like an older brother kind of not father figure but kind of clearly she was looking at him more than mr mistopheles but mr mistopheles in the end he doesn't change who he is he does his magic and believes in himself enough to actually bring old deuteronomy back and that's his power his strength is what he is and 
that others love him for it. So I also I also found Mr. Mistopheles to be my my inspiration for my marriage advice too. Yeah, because what happens is he saves her from a, like a dog. Well, I thought I swear to God I thought they were gonna have a. A human dog come in? Because the human the human cockroaches and the oh, human mice that was the stomach churning. Worst. It was awful. The the absolute worst was the end song. That was the second worst. The third worst was the garbage. And then the fourth worst was the rest of the fucking movie. <laughs> um but yeah, that he saved her from that situation and it was just like that was where you could see that she started to have some affection for him and all he did was do what he would have done in that situation anyway. So yeah. That was nice. Anyways, this movie <laughs> was terrible, and we s- sacrificed ourselves for you, dear listener. We hope that you appreciate that. I really wish we hadn't started off 2020 this way. We could have done anything. We could have done little women, Aaron. Memories deep in the moonlight. I can't lose these memories. <laughs> they haunt me still. CGI fur and so many cuts. It's a musical dance number, but don't show it all. I don't like Jennifer Hudson. I know you don't like Jennifer Hudson. She wasn't the worst part of this movie. No. Her her first attempt at memories was terrible. The second attempt was better. I wish she had gotten happier. Like I wish she had done it and oh, like, yeah. like ha- come like, into like, herself. Every time Jennifer Hudson cries in this movie, like it's just all crying at the end. I'm like, but you did it. Like you showed yourself and you weren't afraid. Like maybe you could be a little happy. I don't know, just a little bit. <laughs> so we are kicking off season four. 20, year 2020, we are kicking it off with probably the worst movie of 2019. Or one of the worst movies of 2019, because I heard uh, Serenity was pretty bad, too. Heard the Playmobil movie was very bad. Oh, God, yeah. That one was really bad, too. So, we... Uh, we are looking forward to a brighter future in 2020. Better movies. Hopefully. Like Wonder Woman. Like Birds of Prey. And I don't care two shits about Harley Quinn, but boy, do I want to watch that movie. Uh, Maybe Ghostbusters. Maybe Ghostbusters. Again, we might be entering the same sort of nexus of nostalgia. It it may be time, guys, to try new things. Well, that's going to be our our New Year's resolution, is to maybe try new movies that aren't based on properties, pre-existing properties, but... And tell you what, if you find one, you send it to us. So, And uh, down in the comments, uh, be sure to let us know what your favorite memory from 2019 was. And or... if you've seen Cats, please tell us why you liked it. <laughs> the if original oh, way. The original no, way. if you've seen the original production, please, because all I have is hearsay and I don't understand it. <laughs> and if you like it, please understand we will not, we will not discredit you for that. We might snicker a little bit, but we will not discredit. But uh, thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Until next time, she's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And and we're we're married married to to the idea. idea.